Let's start the show. You already know who it is. My name is Mike Kyle, aka the Fantasy Vulture. I have over a decade worth of fantasy football experience and have continuously competed for fantasy championships over the course of the past six seasons. Let's make it seven in 2020. But enough of me. I'm here for you. On today's episode of the FB Show, we are going to continue our all 32 NFL team preview series, taking a look at every NFL team through the lens of fantasy football. We are crossing over the halfway point. We knocked out 16-16 to go. I took this weekend off because I felt like we were in a good spot, but let's pick it up with the Green Bay Packers in the NFC North. But before we get started, a few quick things from you. First off, smash that subscribe button, power running back style like Derrick Henry down the middle of the field. And also hit that like button down below to show your support for this video. Like a deep ball from Patrick Mahomes. Just hit the open receiver downfield if you could. And last but not least, follow me on all social media platforms at FFVulture. And of course, the website is FFVulture.com. I'm ready to go. We took this weekend off. We're going to jump right in with the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. You're thinking Aaron Rodgers, right? Tried and true. Just a consistent fantasy quarterback, right? In 2019... Wrong. Very wrong. Aaron Rodgers, for me, fits the bill of Amari Cooper and Russell Wilson, where their fantasy finishes were so much better than what they actually produced on a week-in, week-out basis. Aaron Rodgers finished as quarterback 10 in 2019, and you're like, that's quarterback 1, he probably helped your team a lot, right? Nope. No, 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 no. He had 6 games as a quarterback 1, 7 games as a quarterback 2, and three games as a quarterback three. Here's the difference, right? Those quarterback two games, they weren't like fringe quarterback one games at all. The quarterback one games were very, very good for you. He had uh, finishes of quarterback two in week four, quarterback one in week seven, quarterback two in week, or quarterback three in week eight, quarterback one in week 13, and quarterback eight in week 17. So those those five finishes specifically were really good. And he also had a QB 12 for, for performance in week six but those quarterback two games were awful they were really bad quarterback 19 actually quarterback 24 in week one quarterback 19 in week two outside the top 24 so he had a QB three game in week three uh he was quarterback 22 in week five quarterback 22 in week nine quarterback 23 in week 10 quarterback 21 no 20 yeah quarterback 21 in week 12 quarterback 23 in week 15 and he had two more quarterback three performances so he absolutely killed your team 10 times of last season like that is so bad and his finish is not going to reflect that whatsoever the difference here, like the thing about quarterbacks specifically, is you need as many boom games as possible. Because the quarterback position is so competitive in the sense of there's not a whole lot of difference between, let's just say, quarterback 11 and quarterback 24, um, you really need those separation games. And he did give you those. Like, let's not get that confused. That's why I started off by reading his quarterback one numbers. But once you got towards those QB2 games, like he was towards the bottom of that. He didn't really do anything to help your team, and he probably hurt your team more often than not. And so that's why I really do look at these weekly finishes. I do think they're very important because that overall finish can always be skewed by big games. And that's that, that that's probably one of my biggest issues with fantasy finishes is just how it gets skewed. And that's why we actually use the adjusted score. And I focus on the adjusted score more than anything. 
But let's go to his court. Let's go to his stats in 2019. 353 completions on 569 pass attempts, just over 4,000 yards, 183 rushing, 183 rushing yards, 27 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. The interception numbers are really what did it, and the low touchdown. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has never been a guy that throws a ton of interceptions, and so actually, like he actually has seasons where he's only thrown like two or three, which is just unbelievable. And so you saw the interception numbers go up and the touchdowns came down. And that's obviously just going to make him an average quarterback. It's not like Aaron Rodgers was throwing 35 touchdowns and only four or five interceptions. It was more so everything just pulled back and dialed back because of the change in this Green Bay Packers offense. And honestly, the lack of weapons surrounding Aaron Rodgers for kind of like the first time in his career. He's always had just a duo or trio of wide receivers. And like that, just because of that, you know, there's always the argument. I think, who did I talk about this with? Did I talk about this with Ryan Tannehill? I forget what quarterback I brought it up, but I basically said along the lines of what comes, what comes first, the quarterback, does the quarterback make the wide receivers or do the wide receivers make the quarterback? Right. And now we're looking, we're looking at one year here and I'm not not saying that Aaron Rodgers is bad, but I think we need to, uh, to give some of his past wide receivers a little bit more credit based on what happened last season. As far as his adjusted score goes, this is really what I'm talking about. Like, he only averaged 17.6 points per game. And that is abysmal. You know, you're looking, when you are starting at quarterback, you need at a minimum, at a minimum, 18 points per week. Right? Because you're going to be facing Lamar Jackson, who's going to put up 25 to 30. Patrick Mahomes, who's going to put up 25 to 30. Deshaun Watson, who's going to put up 22 to 27. Dak Prescott, 22 to 27. Kyler Murray, 20 to 25. So just getting 17 points like that, like you're going to lose your quarterback matchup every single week. You know, that is such a low number, especially for a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who we expect a lot more out of. So he did play all 16 games and his new finish reflects kind of what I said earlier. He was he was a QB4 team, which is outside the top 12, so you wouldn't have ended up starting him on the full season. He would have finished outside the starting tier of quarterbacks. And that's why his ADP is a bit confusing to me. I think his ADP really is being based off a of name value alone. He's going as quarterback 9 at 709 right now. I haven't ranked as quarterback 13 because this offense has not improved. They did not add the weapons that they needed to in the NFL draft. They drafted Jordan Love, or they traded up to get Jordan Love. Uh, a quarterback who's not going to see the field for at least a few more seasons. And then uh, they brought in another running back who does not catch the ball and is more just a power runner. I'll talk about him in just a little bit. So they didn't add any weapons. The weapons last season were lacking. And so I don't understand how Rodgers can bounce back when there hasn't been any improvement in this offense whatsoever. I'm, I'm just out. I'm not... I'm not willing to do it. Um, could Aaron Rodgers re- revert back to form? Yes, but this offense is also changing direction where they're looking to run the ball more, take the ball out of Rodgers' hands just a little bit. And then, like I just said, there are like the limited weapons here. Yes, they have two really good ones who I'm really excited to talk about, but I don't think two is enough to support Aaron Rodgers to get consistent quarterback one numbers throughout the rest of 2020 and honestly probably throughout the rest of his career as well so the players that I have above Aaron Rodgers let's pull this up let's see I have 
I have Stafford above Rodgers, Wentz, Brady, Allen, Breeze, Ryan, and then the power six. So that's where I see Rodgers. Where is he being drafted? Let's pull that back up. Um, let's see. Like I said, he's being drafted as quarterback nine right now. So he's going ahead of Wentz, ahead of Breeze, ahead of Brady, ahead of Stafford. Like, I just, I just don't see it. Josh Allen's going ahead of Rodgers. Matt Ryan's going ahead. And on the power six. But, j j like, just... I would rather have Wentz, because that Philly offense is just going to throw the ball a ton. Breeze, because the Saints throw the ball a ton. Brady, because of the weapons. Stafford, because he's just Matt, Matt, Pat Matt Patford, excuse me. Like, I just don't see the upside that Aaron Rodgers has in 2020. And maybe, I, like... For me, Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys where I'll, I'll, I will absolutely be willing to be wrong about. But I just don't see it. And I'm trying to avoid Aaron Rodgers at all costs because just the way that this offense is shifting and the lack of talent at other positions to help support him. But let's talk about one of the brighter spots in this offense, maybe for the final year though. And that's Aaron Jones, who is, enter who is entering a contract season with the Green Bay Packers. Now, I am an Aaron Jones owner in Dynasty. I've always been an Aaron Jones fan, and I've been begging for Green Bay to give him the football, and they did last season. In 2019, he finished as the running back three in standard, running back two in PPR, seven games as a running back one, four games as a running back two, one game as a running back one, and he also had some games outside of the top 36, which was not great. 236 touches, 49 receptions, so that number came way up, and they really talked about that last year, how they wanted to get him more involved in the passing game. Over 1,000 rushing yards, uh, 474 receiving yards, and 19 touchdowns. Aaron Jones was a touchdown machine last season. 18.1 points per game on 16 games played. His new finish is running back four in PPR, so he does take that slight dip, and that's mainly just because Dalvin Cook missed the game with injury, and uh, who was the other... was. Did Derrick Henry only play 14 games? If Henry played uh, 15 games, excuse me, then Henry would have jumped him as well. I should I can pull that up. Let me, where's my, where's my data sheet here? Um, yes, so it was Henry and then Dalvin that jumped him. So with Aaron Jones, th this is where things get, this is where things get dicey. Aaron Jones cemented himself as the number one option in Green Bay out of the backfield, right? However, you still had Jamal Williams taking snaps and carries and receptions away from him last season, so they didn't give him all the workload. In fact, there were still a lot of times where Jones was not on the field as much as you would expect, given his numbers. I'm going to pull them up right now um, because, like I said, I do have Jones in Dynasty, and I have Jamal Williams in Dynasty as well. I traded for Williams, just in case anything happened to Aaron Jones. But as like there, like there were weeks where you were just extremely frustrated with Aaron Jones because of his snap percentage. So I'm just gonna read you off some of these snap percentage numbers right now. Actually, I could probably read them all off for you. Um, 59, 58, 39, 84, 68, 49, 57, uh, 64, 59, 50, 51, 58, 58, 59, 68, 85. So this was an absolute timeshare, but Jamal, or, but Aaron Jones did so much more work with his production than Jamal Williams did, 
And now you throw in the fact that they did draft AJ Dillon out of Boston College, who I don't have a player profile for because I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant this season. But I'll probably just spend a few more minutes uh, extra talking about him in dynasty formats in just a bit. So the question with Aaron Jones now is what happens this season? For me, I think that I think the touches and the receptions probably say the same. The receptions might go up just because of the fact that I think A.J. Dillon is going to steal more work from Jamal Williams than Aaron Jones because they are just two very, very different players. Um, the rushing numbers probably going to stay the same. The receiving numbers, like, like I said, if the receptions go up, that receiving number is probably going up. But the big thing here is touchdowns. Aaron Jones was so monsterly efficient inside the red zone last season that I don't know like the like the expectation is that he is going to regress just based off of just typical touchdown numbers because those are so hard to predict but his ability to take a 10-yard screen pass and take it to the house just either off of like a screen or whatever the case may be like a slant route like yo he he might be the outlier for this like when Aaron Jones gets the opportunity he scores touchdowns like it's just kind of what he does that's what his mo is um so he is kind of touchdown dependent in that way i have him ranked as running back 11 just because i'm, I'm a bit scared of that touchdown number coming down aj Dillon stealing work um so overall i'm i am a bit lower compared to the adp his adp is actually running back nine and i thought that was going to be a lot lower i thought it was going to be i thought it was going to be like 13 or so because a lot of people are just scared as to what happens with this Green Bay Packers offense this season. He's going in the second round. Um, speaking as the Aaron Jones owner who went through his season last year, there were games where you adored Aaron Jones on your team. So I'll read you off some of, some of his weekly finishes. Running back two in week two. Running back one in week five. Running back one in week eight. Running back three in week 10. Running back two in week 14. Running back four in week 16. Aaron Jones put up monster performances. Like, he won you weeks. But there were also weeks where he absolutely just tanked your team, as we talked about. He had one game as a running back three, and there were multiple games where he finished outside the top 36. And that's kind of just the Aaron Jones experience. One of the things that I heard from the footballers uh, just the other day and I really thought about this and like these are things I have to consider uh, owning Aaron Jones in Dynasty and obviously we don't know what the future holds for him after this season but if you get Aaron Jones wherever you draft him and then you complement him with a super safe consistent running back so that way if Aaron Jones tanks a week you're still set because you had that consistency from the other running back or if Aaron Jones boom you get that extra boost uh, with that consistent running back, I think that's a really interesting draft strategy just because of the volatility with Aaron Jones and his production, and you never really know what kind of week you're going to get week in and week out. Now, we know we know that the talent is good enough to have these monster games. If you guys remember the Dallas game where he put up 41 points against the Cowboys last season, I think he had four touchdowns. It was an absolute star-studded performance from Jones. Uh there is the world, though. I'm going to say this. I think, yes, I have him ranked as running back 11. I already looked for ways to try and move him up. And the reason why I tried to move him up is because they didn't do anything to add offensive weapons to this team. And I think Rodgers is going to rely on Jones even more so this year 
than he did last year because no wide receiver came through and cemented himself as that wide receiver too. Devin Funches, who they brought in this offseason, just opted out. Their tight ends are just very shaky. And so I I literally think this is probably going to be a three-man show between Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams. So let's talk about Adams next. 2019 finish of wide receiver uh, 29 in standard, 24 in PPR, five games of the wide receiver one, three games of wide receiver two, zero games of a wide receiver three, and he did have some games outside of the top 36. That can't be right. What? Huh? Let's see. I'll be damned. That's right. All right. So in 2019... 127 targets, 83 catches, 997 yards, and five touchdowns. He missed four games and was really just kind of banged up due to a foot injury. It really, it, it wasn't great. It wasn't a fun time with Devontae Adams last season, who you probably spent your first or early second round pick on to start uh, with your with your draft uh, capital last season. However, what I want to talk about, and this is why we use adjusted score specifically for players who dealt with injury. Devontae Adams averaged 14.3 points per game on 12 games played, new finish, wide receiver, 6. When Devontae Adams is on the field and he's healthy, he is unbelievable. He, for me, Devontae Adams, I've already considered this, and I think I talked about this in Michael Thomas's preview when I talked about the Saints. There is a world where Devontae Adams beats Michael Thomas this season to be the number one, to be the number one wide receiver in fantasy. And the reason why I think this is because I think Devontae Adams could potentially see 180 targets this season. What we saw last season, I mean, let's just, just pull up the pace, right? He is, last season, he was averaging basically over 10 targets a game. He was hobbled for about four of those games. So, just based off of that alone, he's basically on pace for 168 targets. Now a fully healthy, lack of weapons, Safety blanket for Aaron Rodgers. You have to think 180 targets is in the realm of possibility. And what Devontae Adams can do on that compared to Michael Thomas is, yo, Devontae Adams just fucking scores touchdowns. That is just what he does. He is one of the most consistent wide receivers in the NFL who's not only going to give you incredible production in terms of yardage, but put the ball in the end zone as well. And obviously touchdowns mean a lot when it comes to fantasy. Like who, like if Aaron Rodgers throws 25 touchdowns this season. How many is Devontae Adams scoring? This season, knowing what the weapons are. And 25, that's a pretty low number. We saw he threw 27 last season. So if that number comes down even further, a fully healthy Devontae Adams, how many touchdowns is he scoring? Because to me, in my head, that number is probably 11 or 12. And that he only had five last year, played 12 games, and had damn near 1,000 yards in just those 12 games where he was hobbled for four of those. Like, this just, this just makes sense to me. Like, I love Devontae Adams this season. If you want to take him over Michael Thomas, I don't know if I can fault you because I see the upside with Adams, you know, in New Orleans. Like, yes, uh, Thomas gets peppered with targets, but now you have Kamara coming back for a full season. Jared Cook, they brought, him, they brought in Emmanuel Sanders. Devontae Adams has zero competition for targets whatsoever. So I'm all in on Devontae Adams this season. I think he's going to have a bounce back year coming off fully healthy. But even so, bounce back feels so wrong because when he was on the field, he was so great for your fantasy team. I have no qualms with drafting Devontae Adams wherever you decide to take him in your fantasy draft outside of the top four or so because, you know, go running back early. 
Now, the final player that I want to talk about for this offense is Alan Lazard, who is, the, who is expected to be the number two wide receivers for the Green Bay Packers. In 2019, he finished as the wide receiver 69 in standard, hashtag nice, and wide receiver 68 in PPR. He had one game as a wide receiver one, two games as a two, zero as a three, and 12 games, actually, uh, let's do math here, 13 games outside of the top 36. 52 targets, 35 catches, and 477 yards, three touchdowns. The only reason why people are talking about Alan Lazard is because historically, Aaron Rodgers has supported multiple wide receivers inside the top 24. And I wanted to go back to see when the last time this actually was, because like when this actually happened. Because I'm not, I, it felt like it was a while, but it actually wasn't. It was actually only in 2018 was the last time uh, when that happened, who was it? Who was the other? Um, who was the other wide receiver? It was, it was um, Devontae Adams and who else? Let's see. Um, let's see. Fantasy Pros wide receivers. Who was it? Was it 2018? It had to be 2018, right? Let's see. No, wasn't 2018. Was it 2017? GB, Devontae Adams. Yes. So it was also, it was Devin Funchess. Uh, in 20, yes, 2017, Devin Funchess was wide receiver uh, 21, and Devontae Adams was wide receiver 14. So it has happened, and it has happened semi recently. Uh, basically just about two or three years ago. But I don't know if Lazard has the same talent. I mean, Devin Funches isn't like a superstar by any means, but I also just don't fully understand the scope or the talent level of Alan Lazard. Aaron Rodgers has talked about his immediate chemistry with him, so that is always appealing. But again, this offense has shifted to more so a run-first team, taking the ball out of Rodgers' hands. And with a limited, and with limited, that's not even limited passing volume. It's just... This offense moves so differently now. Like, it's Devontae Adams, dump-offs to the running back, and then just ancillary targets to the other pieces. So I don't know if Lazard's going to have the ability to produce on a consistent basis, but we do know that Rodgers has shown the ability in the past to support multiple wide, receiver, uh, multiple wide receivers in the top 24. So that is always interesting. ADP currently has him as wide receiver 55 going at uh, 12.04. So that's perfectly fine. If you want to take your shot there, then you can always cut him early on in the season if it's not panning out. He's honestly a guy where that strategy works a lot because of the fact that you know uh, it works a lot better. Because you'll know immediately uh, what his situation looks like. But even more so the fact that if he does hit, like you've got something special here because of who the quarterback is so it, it's almost a it's almost a picture perfect pick going in the double digit rounds right there because the upside is there but he's also easily droppable uh if it doesn't pan out so i'm, I'm excited for him for that reason i haven't ranked i haven't ranked actually higher than his adp at wide receiver 43 and that's more so just because of the fact that like once you start getting past 40 or so with wide receivers you're kind of just taking your shot on guys so for example, I do think this is also important because you have to kind of determine what do you want in your late round wide receiver. For me, I look for quarterback play because 
talent can usually like wide receiver talent can usually win out on a bad team right like if you're just super talented like dj shark last year right Minshew is not the most talented guy but shark can put up numbers and so when you're really just going through these lists of late round guys where the talent level is all kind of the same it's more so that the quarterback plays the differentiator right so i do quarterback play plus opportunity i have jameson crowder ahead i don't think that the talent of jameson crowder I think Crowder's probably a better wide receiver than Alan Lazard, even though the quarterback play is not. But Jamison Crowder could easily be the number one option in New York. Uh, I have Lazard over uh, Sterling Shepard because I don't know what to expect out of Daniel Jones this season. And Sterling Shepard's fighting for targets. Emmanuel Sanders, uh, because there are so many mouths to feed in New Orleans. Even I'd say this quarterback play is probably the same give or take like around the same area i have lazard above anthony miller and then above all the rookies as well because we don't know how those rookie situations are really going to shake out if you want to take your shot on alan lazard in the later rounds go for it like i said i think he's a perfect candidate for this but i am just tempering my expectations just a little bit because of the way that this offense has shifted under matt lafleur under matt lafleur and i just don't expect another wide receiver for the Packers to really step up. And I'm not even going to talk about the running backs in or the the tight ends. Oh my god, I can't talk. I'm not even going to talk about the tight ends in this video because I don't think they're going to have any fantasy value this season whatsoever. I've seen some things coming about Jay Sternberger about how he hasn't really had a whole lot of chemistry developed with Aaron Rodgers and that's also just not a great sign for him because Rodgers really likes throwing to guys that he's comfortable with. We saw that uh, last season, actually, with Lazard. You know, Lazard was seeing targets, was seeing more targets than Marquez Valdez Scantling because he had that chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. So I'm not really excited for a lot of the Green Bay Packers this season. Like I said, the big thing here is really just uh, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams. However, the final player that I do want to talk about, like I said, I don't have a, I don't have a player profile for him, and that's A.J. Dillon, the rookie out of Boston College. If you watch A.J. Dillon's tape, he's a running back, he's 200 and, he's 290, he's 247, oh my goodness, I cannot talk, but it's fine. He's 247 pounds, he's 6 foot, he is an absolute bulldozer of a human being. When you watch his tape, he, you're basically watching Derrick Henry light. Now, why is this important? This is important because one, Aaron Jones is in a contract year. Number two, Jamal Williams is also in a contract year. They were both drafted in the same draft class. Now, Matt LaFleur also came over from Tennessee, and obviously Tennessee loved Derrick Henry. And additionally, the Packers got trounced by the 49ers last season. How? Because the 49ers ran the ball down Green Bay's throat with Raheem Mostert. This is all things that are really set up this scenario for the Packers not to re-sign Aaron Jones, not to bring back Jamal Williams, and to make A.J. Dillon the starting running back for the Packers going forward after 2020. I, where do I currently have, where do I currently have uh, A.J. Dillon ranked in Dynasty among rookies? Let's see. One sec. All right, let's look this up. So this is not adjusted. This, uh, this is not adjusted. I currently have him ranked 25. That should be higher. That should be probably around 20 or so. Um, with Dylan, I am like in in Dynasty. Like I still have my rookie draft coming up. In Dynasty, I'm still a bit hesitant to even consider taking AJ Dylan just because I don't know what that situation looks like 
uh, with Aaron Jones. If they bring him back, if they don't, I like with running back specifically, I like knowing what their situation holds. And with AJ Dillon, I really don't. For now, we can kind of expect him to be a goal line back where he's just going to kind of vulture touchdowns, no pun intended. Uh, we should probably have like a vulture Hall of Fame. I was thinking about that. Um, so with Dylan this season, the reason why I don't have a player profile is because I don't expect him to be fantasy relevant this season, but definitely going forward if that situation in Green Bay changes. But that's all I got for the Packers. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed this video, be sure to leave a like and subscribe down below. We're doing this thing pretty much every single day as we try and power through the rest of these now 15 teams left. The home stretch is coming. I want to be done by, by August 31st just in time for the NFL season, and we are on track to do so. So thank you so much. Remember, people come and go, but fantasy championships are forever, and I will see you in the next episode. Later.